Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro here at a very quiet Novacare complex. The Eagles, of course, on their bye week. The players came in on Monday, and now they are scattered throughout the country, the world, wherever, Philadelphia, to enjoy this bye week. It's the final bye weekend for the NFL, and it really obviously couldn't have come at a better time for the Eagles, right? Six and seven record, bunches of guys limping off the field after Sunday's win against the New York Jets. The good news, hey, the health outlook is pretty positive, as head coach Nick Sirianni said on Monday. Um, He'll talk about that here with our weekly one-on-one. The Eagles are firmly in the playoff picture, one game behind the Washington football team. Washington plays Dallas, hosts the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Yeah, Eagles fans, gotta tell you, gotta root for the Cowboys this weekend. As much as it hurts, that is the reality. Eagles play Washington twice. Washington plays the Eagles, of course, twice. They also play Dallas twice. They play at the Giants. Not an easy schedule for Washington. Hey, but for the Eagles, it's just about taking care of business. Speaking of that, we've got a great episode for you here to send you into the bye week with a smile. The voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese, will join me and give his perspective on this football team. Can the Eagles do it down the stretch? We're talking playoffs. And then Jason Kelsey, he's the nominee, the Eagles nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year. He'll talk about just what it means to be a good person and his approach. We all know Jason is a great player. He's also a very, very wonderful guy. First up, though, as we do every week, it's time for our one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. We welcome you to our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Coach, congratulations on the win against the Jets. Welcome to the bye week. Um, what does the bye week mean to you? You know, it's it's an opportunity for us to really dive into some self-scout um, and, um, you know, just see what's been working for us, what hasn't been working for us, kind of get to the bottom of some of that stuff where you're not, you're not uh, all your time's not devoted to an opponent. Um, it's able you're able to you know kind of work on yourself and uh, and so that that will be big for us to be able to come out of that bye week and and have some tendency breakers so you you know break tendencies and then continue to do what we're doing well and fix what we we aren't doing well and so and then obviously the the time a little bit of time away from football um, so we're ready for this last stretch of the season um, that I think that's important um, now naturally we're football guys and. Uh, you know, we might be, our minds may be, our bodies may be away from uh, the building. Uh, but I think what you're going to see is that where a lot of us are going to be thinking about football and watching football and, and stuff like that. Um, and for the players, it's that, that you know, getting their bodies, you know, back. Uh, I don't know if it's ever, they're ever going to feel as quite as good as they did uh, day one of training camp. But, you know, getting their bodies back to, you know, getting back to as much normal as they can uh, for this last push. How about for you and your coaching staff, do you benefit from taking a few days off and just clearing your mind? I think so. Yeah, I think you need to do that every once in a while. You need to you need to you need to step away and so you're come back and you're and you're fresh and you, and you have good thoughts and everything like that, you know. And so that that's I think that's an important part of it. But again, like I said, you know, we may stay, take a step away, but I know we're going to be I know we're going to be thinking about it, and there are going to be group texts that are talking about, like, hey, did you see this play in the Army-Navy game, or did you see this play? 
uh, you know, in the Thursday night game or whatever. So they'll definitely, we'll be away, but we'll be thinking and, and talking about football. You spoke to reporters on Monday, and, and it sounds like the injury report is optimistic. Hopeful, I guess, is the right word. Would, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, yeah. We're getting uh, good reports back on guys. And, again, we don't ever want to put timetable on a guy, but, uh, you know, we're hopeful for these these guys that got bumps and bruises or that have been out that, you know, that they might be able to be back uh, after the bye week. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, and it's, it's a good time to have a bye week. You know, we're, we, we, we're in need of the bye week. It's been a long you know, it's been this is a this is a late bye week, and uh, you know our guys, our our bodies are going to rest because of it. Sunday, Nick reminded us again of the value of the number two quarterback, and Gardner came in and played well. And I wonder if you could explain a guy who came in in August, uh, new to a system, only saw some action against Detroit, very limited basis. I'm sure didn't take a bunch of reps in practice. How did you get him up to speed to play in a game and to play so well? I think first of all, it's you know it goes to to Gardner and his ability to um, prepare. Right, he's prepared like you know he's he's going to be playing from the time he's gotten in here, and so you know when you do that, you got no choice but to be be ready to play. You know his his preparation led him to that, and then you know you know um, Brian Johnson's done a good job of of helping him get up to speed, and then also you know I think we've done a lot you know of developmental periods, um, which I you know I really really value that. You know, we get those young players that it might not be playing right now, but they, they could have to play reps uh, so that when their number's called, they're ready to go with our plays and not just running uh, scout team plays. And so, um, you know, obviously there's uh, the most credit, but of all of that, though, goes to Gardner and how he per- performed and how he prepared. And he him preparing the way he did is why he performed the way he did. Uh, defensively, three touchdowns allowed on the Jets' first three possessions, and then the door gets slammed shut. As you watch the tape, how'd that happen? You know, thir- the first uh, one, you know, it's, it started off by a, a long return, you know, and so, you know, you never want to put the defense or defense in that in that spot right there. Um, but, you know, they, they were, and, and then they went down and scored, obviously, there. And then I just think it was a good job. Uh, by the Jets of their first 15 and you know they were able to, to put some points on the board in their first 15 uh, you know the first 15 plays and then you know we kind of settled in made some adjustments and and uh, and went from there again you never want to you never want to start a game like that but it was good to be, it's good to be able to win different ways in the NFL right and so it was good to be able to see us on defense make some adjustments players make the adjustments the coaches were making and and go out there and stone them the rest of the game. Nick, it's interesting. You're six and seven now. You overcame a tough start. You've overcome your fair share of injuries. Certainly was not easy at the beginning of the season. How do you feel about what you've accomplished as a team to this point? Well, obviously, you know, we say we're six and seven. You always want to be better, right? You always want to be, you know, eight and four or ten and two or shoot twelve and zero or whatever and thirteen and zero. So, um, but you know. Again, it is a process. It's a process of, of getting better, a little bit better each day. I think that's what we've that's what we that's what I value is that I believe this team has gotten a little bit better each day. And even though even sometimes where it doesn't seem uh, maybe to the outside world that we are, you know, I just feel like the process that this team has and the and the and the way that our players go about their business each day, they are in that mode of like, how do I get better each day? To put myself in position to be one and zero each day, and not thinking too far ahead, and not too, thinking too far behind, and just 
focusing in on the day and being in the present. And I, and so that's where I'm happy that, you know, our guys are in that, Hey, how do I get better? Cause that's just going to continue to rise, let you rise throughout the, throughout a season and throughout a climb of the season. When you were hired, Nick, you got asked a million questions about what kind of offense are you going to run and how are you going to do this and how are you going to do that? And you kept saying, I'm going to tailor my scheme to the personnel that we have. And I wonder, as you look back here, how do you feel you've done in that regard? Yeah, you know, I think you're you're always uh, evolving and and uh, and and changing to make sure that you're doing the best things for your for your players, and so you know, um, I think that we've definitely changed who we who we have been and who we who we are, um, and to find out what we do the best. And I think what you see is, you know, not, I don't want to talk about particular plays or anything, but like our style is being um, being together, playing together as a team. Um, being tough and being physical. And so that's the, that's the kind of the mentality we have and the identity that we have of, hey, this is who we are, and we're just trying to tailor things around that to allow that, those things to shine, the togetherness and the toughness and the, and the physical uh, physicality of, of the game. And, and that's what I think we've been doing these, these last uh, two months of the season. Finally, Nick, last question, probably from anybody for a while for you. Good, good for you to get a rest. Uh, what kind of mentality do you want the players to come back with? I mean, you met with them on Monday. They're out of the Novacare complex now. They come back next week. What do you want to see from your guys? Yeah, just for them to be refreshed, right, and be ready to go and, and for this last stretch. But, you know, all we got to do is get ready to have that same mindset that we've had of get a little bit better each day and get ready to play uh, Washington football team and be 1-0 that week. Great stuff. Nick Sirianni, our weekly one-on-one. Thanks so much, Coach. Enjoy the bye week. Thanks so much, Coach. Thanks, Dave. See you next week. Let's stick with the locker room here. Um, Jason Kelsey, he's been three-time pro, all-pro, four-time pro bowler, Super Bowl champion, best speech in the history of speeches. Of course, at the Parade of Champions after the Eagles won Super Bowl 52. And now he's been an Ed Block Courage Award winner. I mean, he's done it all. Now he's the Eagles nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Every team has a nominee. And for Kelsey, it's not anything particular that he's done this year. It's just a lifetime of giving back to the community. Very heavily involved in the Eagles Autism Foundation throughout many uh, charities and causes and events throughout his 10-year Eagles career, 11-year Eagles career. Uh, wow, that went fast. 11-year Eagles career. Jason Kelsey's just a great guy. And he talks about what it means to be nice to people. Pay it forward, Jason Kelsey. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I think, um, you know, I think it's, you know, it's good, obviously, to know that other people think that I've been a good human being and done things the right way and uh, gave back to the community and been a good teammate and a good, uh, you know, representative of the NFL. Um, so I definitely appreciate it. But, you know, I think that, you know, it's just it's just nice to know that, like, you know, you just try and be the best person you can be, you know, help out when you can. Um, you know, care about other people. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I guess that's kind of what it means to me, is that I've, I've done that, and it's nice that other people recognize that, I guess. I like to think that people think that I care about what they do 
and who they are and know that if they ever need something that I'm a person that they can call and count on to, to help them out or to listen or to be there for. All right, now let's go to the voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. We've talked to him throughout the year, ups and downs for the Eagles this season. Now the Eagles have won four of their last six games. And yeah, the playoffs are right in front of this football team. Got to keep winning. What will it take for this Eagles football team to finish strong? Let's hear it from Merrill. Well, Merrill, here the Eagles sit at six and seven. And um, I guess I wanted to know, talk in depth here, how do you feel about the progress this football team has made since training camp? I think they've made a lot of progress. I think if you looked at the schedule going into the season, they're about where they were, where you, we would have expected them to be uh, at this point. Maybe there's a game that they should have won, like the Giants game, but if you just looked at the schedule, you'd say, well, it's going to be tough to win in Denver. So I think at 6-7, and seven, they're doing well. I think for a first-year coach, for a young quarterback, with everything involved, the injuries and everything else, I think they're doing pretty well. All right, let's talk about some of the question marks coming into the season. I think the leading questions would have been, you know, what kind of coach is Nick Sirianni? So in 13 games and, and the ups and downs here, what have you seen from Nick Sirianni? I think he's a bright coach. I think he's an energetic coach. And most importantly, I think he's very much respected in that locker room. I think he's a good guy, too. Merle, I guess I'm impressed with the way that he has adjusted his philosophy offensively to the personnel. He said he would do that, and he's certainly done that. Um, you don't see that all the time. I mean, is that something that, that rings with you? Yeah, I think that's a very good point, Dave. I think coaches very often married to systems and they talk about adapting their system to the personnel but rarely do they do that i think in nick's case he has adapted his schemes to what he has from a personnel standpoint absolutely do you believe Merle, that the, that the that this football team this offense can run against anybody in the nfl it would appear it would appear but uh, you also have to have the ability to throw the ball when they bring up a lot of men in the box. But, yes, they, they do have one of the best running offenses in the NFL, and it all starts with an exceptional offensive line and a great offensive line coach in uh, Jeff Stoutland. Isn't it amazing? I mean, you, we're, we've been around long enough to remember the days when the offensive line was a problem in Philadelphia. I mean, you remember back in the Antone Davis days, the Bernard Williams days, all of those times when the Eagles just couldn't get it right offensively up front. Now it's like a priority and you see what a difference it makes. The, uh, what Nick has done is taken the strength of the team, the offensive line and made that the focal point of the offense. And it is, it is an outstanding offensive line. And that's what the injuries of both guards, but the three anchors of that team of that offensive line are Jason Kelsey, one of the best centers in football, possibly a hall of famer someday. And certainly an Eagles hall of famer, Lane Johnson having a great season over on the right tackle spot, and Jordan Mailata, who is absolutely tremendous, who will be a, a multiple-time All-Pro as we go forward. And then you add to that side Landon Dickerson. So they have over 700 pounds of muscle over on the left side of the offensive line. Is Dickerson as impressive a, a rookie offensive lineman as, as we've seen here in a while? I'm, certainly Trey Thomas came right in and started. Kelsey came right in and started. 
But Dickerson, I guess for me, I just didn't think he would play very much this year coming off the ACL injury from Alabama. And boy, is he a difference maker up front. Yeah, he's certainly one of the people who I can think of who adapted to the NFL most quickly. He, he struggled a little bit in the first couple of appearances, but now he's very, very solid. And he is, I think, projected someday to be the replacement when Jason Kelsey decides to hang it up. Although that, that may never happen. I hope not. I hope not. He's certainly playing great football. Merrill, the other big question mark coming into the season was Jalen Hurts. And was he the kind of quarterback that you can win with? And how would he, how much did he, would he improve from year one to year two? What have you seen? I think he, I think he's improved more. I think there's a great deal of poise. I think he hangs in the pocket longer. Uh, I think he had a bad game. We all know he had a bad game against the New York giants, but what quarterback doesn't throw in a clunker from here to the here and there. And they all do. I think that uh, Jalen hurts has a very bright future. I've been in his camp for a long time and, I still believe that Jason Hurts is going to get a lot better and can be a very effective starter for years to come. Merrill, do you, do you, have you, have you uh, been impressed with the receiving core? We've, we've seen, obviously, including Dallas Goddard, including the running backs, including the wide receivers. Do the Eagles have enough down to, to win down the stretch in the passing game? Well, I, I don't think they're as deep as you would like them to be. Uh, I think that we're all impressed with what we've seen of Devontae Smith, but that's no big surprise. He was outstanding in Alabama and he just stepped right into the NFL and became a great threat. So I think he's outstanding. Um, uh, Quest Watkins has had a very good second season, uh, but there is, there is depth needed at that area. How about Dallas? Do you think Dallas is a true number one tight end? Oh, is he ever? I, I think he's playing in a pro bowl caliber. I think he's outstanding. Uh, Eagles, had a great tight end for a lot of years in Zach Ertz. And now that he has moved on, I think Dallas got her to step right up and become a great weapon for the Eagles offense. And then Merrill in the backfield, uh, they've been doing, giving miles his touches. Uh, Jordan Howard, when he was healthy and hopefully he'll be healthy for Washington, got his touches. I like the way that they've used this group. And I think to me, you've got four running backs there who give you a little bit something different and, that should serve the Eagles very well here in the final four games. You know, I've been thinking about that, Dave, and I do agree with you. But I think the day of the true bell cow back, where you give it to one guy 30 times a game and, and watch him run, is almost gone. Because with the pounding and the physicality of the game today, it's unusual for a running back to make it through a, a season healthy. Uh, Miles Sanders is, is a great back. He really is. He's a great talent. But he has to leave the field, and he misses games from time to time. But who doesn't? I mean, I think the Giants got a great back, a generational back almost, when they drafted Saquon Barkley. But he went into the injury problem with last year, and he's still, when I watch him, he's still not the player he was when he came out of Penn State. Uh, look at any of the backs. Uh, Derek Henry. Did you ever think he would go down? It's almost unusual for a running back today to make it through a season. Yeah, agreed. I, I just I think you need four of them, and I think the Eagles have four good ones. Certainly they do. With a, seven, with a 17. I really like Kenny Gainwell, too. I like the way he runs low, and he's got some power. He's great out of, out of the backfield as a receiver. I don't know. And I also think, Merrill, with these young kids, with, with Smith and with Dickerson and with Gainwell, et cetera, having the bye week right now, I mean, they're going to come back refreshed and ready to play football 
uh, this has been a long season for those young guys. I think when you look at what this Eagles team has done in the draft, it's very impressive this year. I know they've been criticized in the past, but when you look at guys that, that, that come into this draft, like Devontae Smith, he's been outstanding. Landon Dickerson in the second round, he's terrific. And so on down the line, they've made a lot of good moves in this draft. Kenneth Gamewell is another one who is having a big, big impact. And there will be other guys from this draft who I think will show up as time goes on. You go back to last year, and people wondered why would they take a guy with so little experience like Davian Taylor. But he showed this year, now he's hurt right now, and hopefully he'll be back soon, but he showed right now that he has innate skill and that he is a guy who is adapting to the NFL and becoming better with each and every opportunity. And I think in the future, he's going to make an impact. Or Two years ago, they picked up T.J. Edwards, and he has really come on strongly. So this team is this team is really doing well in those areas. And in terms of of bringing in people, uh, trades and free agents, look at the kind of season that they're getting from Big Play Slay. He really is Big Play Slay this year, and I think he's a lock to go to the Pro Bowl. So Merrill, we when we get back. Uh, after you play many rounds of golf this week, I'm sure the weather holds up. <laughs> not, not in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's cold now, um, which is why I didn't call you yesterday because I knew you were probably out playing golf. It was 65 degrees here. But uh, how how well equipped are the Eagles to to win down the stretch here and get into the playoffs? Some, something that we would not have had a conversation about, you know, several weeks ago. Every single game from here on in is critical. They they gave one back that they should have won in New York against the Giants, but they had others that they could have let slip away and didn't. So they are in position to make a run, but every single game beginning with Washington in two weeks is absolutely critical. Merrill, I, I haven't really listened at all. Has there been talk? I don't know if you've listened either. It, do people out there think that there's a quarterback thing with Jalen and Gardner Minshew? Dave, I can't remember very often in 45 years when there isn't a quarterback controversy going on <laughs> at some point in the season. You go back to Ron Jaworski, and there, there were times when he'd get a little shaky of the crowd would call for Joe Pizarczyk and on and on and on. I mean, there, it's, always, it, it's, a part of the, it's a part of the DNA of this city. Nope. There's no quarterback controversy in the organization or with Nick Sirianni. He has right. made it clear that Jalen Hurts is his starting quarterback, and that's the way it should be. That's absolutely right. Merrill, finally here, uh, what, do you, what do you think are the kind of the telltale statistical or, or performance needs for the Eagles here uh, to win down the stretch in these four games? I think the defense has to be airtight. Uh, I think if they can keep teams within 17 or 20 points, I think they have a good chance to outscore that. Uh, I think they have to continue. The biggest thing is they have to stay healthy and they have to avoid, they have to win the turnover battles. That's a big, big key. Win the turnover battles and they'll win the games. I love it. I, we're, we're talking about the playoffs, Merrill. It's mid-December and we're talking about the playoffs. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, yeah, that, that this year is a bonus. If the Eagles can make the playoffs, it's a bonus because really, uh, whether you call it rebuilding or retooling, it's a new coach, it's a young quarterback, and what you want to do this year is set yourself up to be a real contender in the future. If they can squeeze into the playoffs, it's great. But still, 
if they if they still pick up eight wins, if they're if they're an eight nine win at the team at the end of the season, I still think it's a, it's a year that exceeded a lot of expectations. Nice, Merrill. Enjoy the rest of the week, and uh, we'll see you uh, whenever you, when everybody gets back to Novacare, and we, we're we're taking a look at the Washington football team. Can't wait. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you. We'll be back next week with more as the Eagles get ready for the stretch run. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Julie McLaughlin, Ray Doyle for their work on the podcast. Thanks to all of you for joining us each and every episode. If you have a moment to give us a little review during this bye week, we would appreciate it. Those five stars go a long, long way to us continuing to keep this podcast going. We've got a link for you in the details section of your podcast library. Thanks, everyone, for joining. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go, birds. It's the bye week, everyone. Be healthy, be happy, and I guess, yeah, Dallas Cowboys. It would be nice if you did something right for a change. Beat Washington on Sunday. E-A-T-L-E-S-E-R!